Douche. One of you guys want to do the intro? Should I do it? All right, you got it. You're the boss. Yeah, you're gonna do it. I want to try a different one. Okay. Whoa. Well, let me. Yeah, know you can it, go. Let me know if it sucks. Let me know if it sucks. Okay. No. All right. Mix it up a bit. We'll let you know if it sucks. Don't mess it up. You know what you're doing. I love <laughs> it's it. gonna. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> laughing because it's not my mo. Oh man. Hey, 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 it's the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Holy you... crap. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's Fat Albert. <laughs> Way too Fat Alberty. We are not That's what it was supposed to be. That's the point. Fat Fantasy Football Albastronauts. Albatross. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. Welcome back, Space Cadets, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Rish. You know my Twitter already, at FF underscore Rish. We got Brooks in here. Hi. Still feeling, still feeling hot and spicy, Brooks? Always, dude. I'm a jalapeno. Jalapeno business. I'm a, I'm a walking Tabasco bottle, dude red top and everything and then we have your favorite chinese a lot a good amount your favorite <laughs> chinese astronomer jetpack galileo what's up my man hey we're uh getting ready to talk about the most important position in fantasy pretty excited especially in one quarterback leagues and that's oh, kickers man. so today there is our today. kicker show <laughs> there was an article today from espn i think it was Tristan, I don't know, something Croft. I don't know his name. I've, I've seen him before, but I don't respect him as a writer. But he was talking about how, <laughs> uh, you know, how stupid it is to draft late on quarterbacks. He, he thinks that's because he's saying that same thing that Ben was saying about they score the most points. Therefore, they need to be drafted the earliest. They should be drafted really early. Oh, they score so many points. Croft or whatever his name is. Yeah, is that his Croc, name? Tristan. Croc-Croc? Yeah, Tristan. Crockpot. Tristan Crockpot. You just throw a bunch of crap in there and something nice will come out, I guess. It's like his article. Nice about a quarterback take. You'd I mean, the the Oof. initially you're like to the casual fantasy gamer, you're like, oh duh. Quarterbacks score the most points, pick them first. Yeah, duh. Duh, right? Right, Ben? I mean, absolutely. Yep. Gotta edit all of those out. You know that, right? Every time we say that? Yeah, we'll see. We can never let anyone know. Yeah, we'll see. How much editing actually happens? I want to know. None. There's none. It's a half, hour, half hour editing, you don't do anything. A no lot way. of it used to. We used to edit a lot. Now uh, I've I... cut it a little. I'm going to cut this part out. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rich is so exactly yeah, let's what talk the about... government would look like if they controlled our media right there. Like They just censor everything that's like negative about. This is what North Korea must be like. They, they, he censors out everything that's King negative Jung about Moon? him. That's King, King Jung Rish. King Jun. King Jung Rish. I'm the King Jun. Emperor. Well, so, so let's actually talk about quarterbacks. Um, I'm team late round QB. What are you guys? Team I'm stream. best players. Yeah, it, it, I mean, that's always factual. But I am a stream quarterback guy, especially this year. This year's crazy into it a little bit we have uh so so the quarterbacks are getting better and better it seems 
And I mean, this is this is one of the highest I've seen a quarterback go. Uh, Pat Mahomes right now is being taken at pick two eleven on average, and I mean that's that's super high. I'm not sure if that's including superflex leagues, but I mean, if you're, if you're talking about a one quarterback league, second round is it? That's got to be way too high, isn't it? That's well. So people are buying on the separation that he created last year. So he was a twenty. 20- Six points per game, which was uh, second greatest points per game of all time. He put up the the best full fantasy season that anyone has ever put up before. Um, so people are looking at his weapons, and he didn't lose anything, right? We were all worried about the Tyreek suspension for a little bit, but then um, Tyreek's fine, and then uh, Miko got added, and you know they're—I mean—they just have more to do, um, and so. You know, the question is, okay, how much is he going to regress? You know, what are you looking at there? But if you're talking about last last season and what he did that year, yeah, totally worth the second round. Is it? Because so what's your team makeup? I mean, that's going to be Alvin Kamara, Zeke. Then your second guy you're taking at 211 is going to be Pat Mahomes and someone else. Yeah. And then you're not going to have right. anyone if, else if, basically the end yeah. of the if you like, say you go zero RB, right? That's a strategy. If you do that, right? Who are you going to take? You, have you can't to take... go zero RB with this strat. If you go early quarterback, I feel you like you have, have to go late quarterback. You don't have a. I mean, I guess you. I mean, that's the whole point of the zero RB strategy. That's but like, the whole point. Yeah. That's that's yeah. wild. You're just banking you're also on skipping. You're skipping a quarter or a running back at the second overall pick because that's what you have. If you're picking a two eleven in a twelve person team uh, draft, you're picking second overall, and so right. you're going who Devonta Adams, um, OBJ, and whoever else. Yeah, Hop. No, realistically, yeah, you're right. You take Kamara, and then you'd end up with Mahomes. I mean, receivers then or you're whatever. Guy, you're getting a guy like Keenan Allen, maybe Stephon Diggs. Yeah, it's a I great mean, team. That is that is a solid team. Nothing wrong with that. And then the whole, th- whole what I meant by zero RB was not literally that. It's just that the running backs have plenty of depth, right? The wide receivers have plenty of depth. There's plenty of depth, and so you think, if you just do you think that on, there's plenty of depth take, by the end of the fourth round because that's the next time you're picking. Yes, you get Keenan Allen. Yes. I'm not, that's where it gets that's where it gets a little dicey for me is because you, the I mean. We, yeah, you're getting you're getting the probably the quarterback one. You're getting a guy that that came off the number one quarterback season of all time, and and he's going to score a ton of points. He he's he was absolutely incredibly got you to the playoffs last year because you got him late. But now you have to spend up so much, and so you're missing on on like would you rather would you rather have a let's say Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook kind of area, Alvin Kamara. Right uh Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, or would you ha- rather have Alvin Kamara, Pat Mahomes, Keenan Allen? You know, you're looking at is you could go you could get a Travis Kelsey at the end of the second round and then wait until the sixth and get Baker Mayfield or wait until the fifth and get Aaron Rodgers. And then all of a sudden you're sitting at Kamara, Kelsey, Allen, and then Rodgers. Is the is the drop off that big where you wouldn't take that that next position player how how many points is he going to be differentiated between a fifth or sixth round quarterback well yeah and that's what we need to talk about so if it's if it's four points a game that matters right like it was last year four or five points a game 
Um, but like, so personally, I don't think you should take Pat Holmes in the second round. It's not worth it. There's too much depth at the quarterback position and everyone is going to improve. Um, I think just generally speaking, there's better weapons with better quarterbacks. Um, and so there's better value, but if we're, you know, we're talking about, okay, can a guy, whoever separates himself, whoever that is, right. That person is very valuable and we're worth taking in the second or third round. Yeah, unless I'm in the eighth round and I'm getting some of these guys that are going in the fifth or sixth, I'm probably not going to take a quarterback until very late. There's just, just so many people. I just see a guy like Carson Wentz who's sitting in, in the seventh round or Jared Goff who's in the ninth round. And I'm, I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, okay, I can get a top 10 quarterback. And maybe there's a, maybe there's a four points a game difference between the quarterbacks. But I, I mean the the difference in running back that I would get in the second round versus the the eighth or ninth round that's like an eight point difference per week so so yeah if Pat Mahomes comes out and he's scoring 27 28 points a game and the next closest guy's at 22 that's a that's a big enough difference but I don't think he I don't think he sustains that big of a gap between him and the next guy no so I'll put it this way if if you had Saquon and Mahomes on your team and you put up 50 points a week Every week, just from two guys, that's a huge deal. And so you can, you can piece a, together the rest. Right. And you can piece together the rest with, with other guys. So I, I wouldn't do it personally with this draft class. I don't think that it's the right time to do it. But if you, you know, if we get into a situation where you like the whole idea is you want to get as the most elite players you can wherever you can. So if you're, if you're at the tail end of the second round, there's nobody that you like, take a quarterback. Right. And that, or you're at the tail end of the fourth round and there's nobody that you like, take a quarterback. That's the way that I see everything. I don't, once, once I've filled all my starter spots, that's when I'll go to quarterback. And I think a lot of people will end up saying, oh, no, I'm going to push it further and further and I'll go deeper. And I want, you know, I want my RB4 before I get my quarterback. Right. Um, and so, strategy wise, from that standpoint, I'm trying to make sure that I score at least 20 points a game for my quarterback. Right. I I think that um, another thing to take into that needs to be considered based on this ADP is that so a lot of these top tier quarterbacks in this are going in the fifth. I don't think that's going to be that way for a lot of home leagues. I think by the time you get into the fourth, um, you're going to see a quarterback run in most home leagues uh, and everyone is going to have a quarterback in the, between the fourth and sixth round. So that, that's kind of where I'm trying to get value at other positions during that time frame rather than um, trying to follow the I'm trying to, you know, duck and weave when everybody trying else to, is. You're trying to zag when everyone else is zigging. Right. Uh, that, that's when I think you can make a lot of value with your picks is, is that those like core middle rounds. That's why I think that this is going through all of these picks is actually very important because uh, this is where you these those rounds about between fourth and seventh round are really where you can win your league because it doesn't matter but if you you know the first two rounds are mostly out of your control you you can't really like i mean maybe somebody will fall to you but for the most part you're whether or not you you know if you're going to get in the first four picks you're going to get one of those top four running backs for example um and then after that it's not you're getting a good player no matter what in those first couple of rounds. There's not that that big of a drop-off between the names, but in the fourth through seventh, there is huge drop-offs, and it makes a big impact on your entire roster makeup based on who you decide to, to pick up. 
let's let's go into a little bit well, of so real quick the, take- the other the important thing here to recognize is if you have a top 10 quarterback in a 10 team league it does not matter if your quarterback is nine or eight or ten that and and you drafted him in the fifth round that was a total waste so you cannot miss on your quarterback if you take him in the top half of the draft there's a lot of room for error too because there's a lot of room for error there there it's such a uh a fluctuating position group, right? Right. I mean, we saw Matt Ryan finish in top three last year, and he did that just the same way a couple years back. I think it was 2016. Is that right, Ben? Uh, yes. Yep. So, but in between that, he was nothing. He was irrelevant as far as fantasy is concerned. Yeah, he's like 13 or 14, you know, and then you're screwed. Right. So if, that, you, drafted, oh, if you drafted Aaron Rodgers last year, you got screwed because you drafted him third, fourth round, and all of a sudden he's injured for part of the season, and and you're done. Yeah. Same with Carson. In- injuries Wentz. can happen at any position, but it's more, in my opinion, it's it's more about the the position as a whole. It's so dependent on so many different things. Um, offensive coordinator. It's dependent on your receivers, uh, and there's a lot more fluctuation because no one else has to depend that much on that many other positions, and it. it, it it deals with your defense too, because whether or not your quarterback is able to throw the ball depends on game pace. Uh, you can't throw the ball that much if you're up by, you know, twenty one. So it, it all just right. depends on your team. True. Or on the, the quarterback I think team. I mean, that's but that's why Pat Mahomes is so attractive because he feels so safe and because he is so elite. It's the same thing as Gronk. Um, and if you're a kind of guy who would take Gronk in the first round, old Gronk, right? Um, then you're also the kind of guy who should take that homes. So let's walk through the let's walk through the, the ADP right now. I want to kind of get an idea of the rankings, the ADP rankings, and where everyone's going, like round wise. Oh, the first five quarterbacks off the board are Pat Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, and um, those are all early sixth and and earlier so you're going there's a big drop off between pat mahomes who's who's being drafted in the second and then andrew luck who's being drafted in the fifth um baker mayfield 604 is right around where he's at uh that's a pretty that's a pretty good tier and i don't see with the exception of andrew luck i don't see anyone having really a bust potential there you go you go six through ten you have matt ryan drew Brees, carson wentz russell wilson kyler murray and kind of near the end of that second tier of the top 10 that are being drafted is where I start to have a little bit of question. Do you say Andrew Luck has bust potential? Because, uh, I mean, he, the shoulder thing, and then he's got this calf thing he's dealing with. And I mean, he's just, he just kind of feels like he's, he's never really a hundred percent right now. I mean, he's, he's an elite quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but it just feels like he's got, he's got these nagging injuries that are keeping him a little bit below a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I don't agree that he has the most bust potential. I but no, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Not the most. I'm just saying there's there's a little more risk there right. for Andrew Luck just from an injury perspective for me. So one guy I'm higher on in that range is Baker Mayfield, and I would take him at the third quarterback. Um, for me, it's all about weapons counting, um, and when you look at what they added with um, OBJ and then possibly Njoku starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, to me, that that's such an exciting offense. Um, and I think 
Baker can do whatever he wants in that Freddie Kitchens offense. So um, I'm all aboard the Baker Mayfield train. I'll I'll t- I'm ha- I'll happily take him in the sixth round. You planting your flag, man? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can we talk about briefly how disrespectful that was to Ohio State, and now he plays in Ohio? I think that's really interesting. He, if he brings him to the playoffs, he's completely forgiven. I think he probably is already completely forgiven. Yeah, no, absolutely. Is, you know, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He owns He's given him hope. <laughs> yeah, he's given him total hope again for the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you guys think about that? As far as taking him a little bit higher, or not even taking him higher, but considering him to be that valuable. Thing. I mean, I agree because we looked at we looked at guys that would excel and guys that would excel at value, and they were all guys with really good weapons. So um, they were either really good weapons or really good rushing quarterbacks. And when you, Baker Mayfield has the best weapons, I don't like. I, I don't care what what team in the league you stack them up against. I mean, maybe the Rams, but um, nobody else has has. Odell and Jarvis caliber guys along with a David Njoku who's an elite elite athletic tight end and then Nick Chubb who's who's shown he's a capable wide receiver or capable receiving back and an excellent running back and then again Duke Johnson who's one of the best receiving running backs in the NFL so that's I mean that's an elite elite offensive core and when you're looking at a good quarterback who he's a good quarterback in and of himself with those excellent weapons. It's a guy that I want a ton of. And yeah, I mean, he could, he could very easily be the number one quarterback this year. Like that's totally within his range of outcomes. I don't know that he necessarily will be, but you wouldn't be surprised if you're like, Oh yeah, Baker Mayfield was quarterback one at the end of 2019. Would you? I want to attack the weapons argument. No, I wouldn't, but I want to attack the weapons argument a little bit. Because there are a lot of teams that have had great weapons that don't, and the receivers produce, but they don't necessarily uh, have quarterbacks that produce. So let's look at Eli Manning over the past however many seasons that would be. Jay's been in your, you you haven't ever drafted Eli Manning as your quarterback in fantasy football. Never. You need more than one. Sure. No, but that's that's the whole thing. He's got he's got all of the weapons. Like Pat Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. He, he had Kareem Hunt, Damian Williams, who's also a good pass catcher. You got Sammy Watkins, who, as much as we we love to hate him, he's, I mean, he's above average NFL wide receiver and was really good at one point. So Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and uh, Julio Jones, and um, Tevin Coleman, Austin Hooper. He has a lot of weapons. Ben Roethlisberger, Juju, and AB. Okay, so you've got and, and three Lev, weapons you know? in, in Los Angeles with the Rams. Are you taking Jared Goff? Because you have just as many, if not more, better weapons in Los Angeles as you do uh, there. So I, I just want to – I don't think it has anything to do with the weapons and more to do with the accuracy of Baker Mayfield. I mean, he, the guy is extremely efficient. He's an excellent quarterback. He's in an excellent offensive scheme under Freddie Kitchens. And I, I think it just – for me, it, it has less to do with the weapons and more to do with the player. I, I just think that I want to detract from that whole weapons argument and more just focus it in on Baker Mayfield, especially in Dy- – obviously, this is a redraft discussion. But with Dynasty, I mean, Baker Mayfield is is excellent. And so is Matt, Pat Mahomes. So is Kyler Murray when we eventually get to him. But uh, there are a lot of great young running or young quarterbacks coming into the league right now. And it's cool because – this is a time period where a lot of older guys like Drew Brees, uh, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, um, 
I mean, I don't know who else is old. Everybody, Tom Brady just got an extension for two years, so he'll be immortal. He's the Frank Gore, the quarterback position. But he really is. Uh, you know, I, I I do think that Baker. I mean, there's only room for improvement. One because he didn't start the whole season last year. He didn't have the same. He didn't have Freddie Kitchens at OC last year until the latter half of the season. And now he's got an opportunity to one build some chemistry up with those uh, receivers, build some chemistry up with Freddie Kitchens and understanding the scheme. And two, he's just got—I mean—he has so much swagger and confidence. So I mean, you can tell with that porno stash he's got going on. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I love that. Was such a dangerous guy. Dangerous. Yeah. Well, think, so to you your have, point yeah. though, I, I would take Jared Goff over Drew Brees right now. I, absolutely. I, I absolutely right. Yeah, he finished higher, and and he did because he has more weapons. I mean, that's the reality. If we're think, all you have to do is count weapons. <laughs> I don't think Jared Goff is like that awesome of a quarterback. No, he's, he's not. like by himself. But he's got Brandon Cooks. He has Robert Woods. He has Cooper Cup. He's got uh, Todd Gurley, kind of, and now he's got Daryl Henderson. But he's got, he's got Sean McVay. If weapons were the only thing we we took into consideration, then I mean. Jared Goff should be a top. I mean, he's got more weapons than Andrew Luck. He's got more weapons than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Jared. I mean, Jared Goff finished better than Aaron Rodgers. Jared Goff should well, be a top ten quarterback. Yeah, sure. But my point is, right. just I don't think that, that the weapons argument, and unless it's weapons that themselves will personally carry the load to build your stats, like for that's example, the whole point. Is, yeah, that's exactly no, 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 what listen, they listen, did listen. for. That's exactly what they did for Jared Goff, though. Look at a person like Tyreek Hill where you throw the ball seven yards and you get a 93-yard reception. I, th- those are the kind of guys that I'm saying can can bolster value. And not that there's not very many Tyreek Hills. Odell right, Beckham but, is one. Odell yeah, Beckham is. is one. Yeah, absolutely why, is. Why, is, why is Ben Roethlisberger so low? Antonio Brown. Yeah, because of the weapons. Well, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger was a number two quarterback. Yeah, but I don't. I, ben Roethlisberger is also a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like he's really good. Yeah, but now he, Hall of Fame Antonio Brown is out. Hall of Fame quarterback number two, number two quarterback last season. Most passing yards he led the league, and now he's quarterback sixteen. Do you think that so uh, find him there? So is Derek Carr going to be a top ten quarterback then? Top twelve? No, Derek Carr sucks. Derek Carr's Derek Carr's a, a game breaker there. In the Derek Carr, way. I don't think Derek Carr sucks, way. but like, I think that in that offense, they're not going to be able to have a yeah, fantasy that, production. That's an interesting. That's a, a super interesting one. I mean, like if if Josh Allen, you put Josh Allen in the Browns' offense, and all of a sudden you're super interested in him. I love Josh Allen. As a matter of fact, as far as oh, let's get let's get some organization here. So let's we, we're talking a little bit. <laughs> jumping Mayfield. around a ton. I, I can yeah we are. Let's let's start. Uh, let's talk to somebody who has some reloaded weapons. Let's start Carson, Carson Wentz. You're perfect. Love so Carson. This Wentz. is a good one, I think. For what receivers um, have they added in? So they added Deshaun so they Jackson, added, JJ Arcega, yep. Whiteside. Um, you have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and you added a good receiving back in Miles Sanders. Oh, you're yeah. looking at you're looking at at reloaded weapons definitely and i think that's that's a reason another reason why you'd want him on top of the fact that he is good and he can run the ball and and he's he's a good quarterback in and of himself but his weapons definitely can elevate him even more jetpack have they stabilized the offensive line 
Um, so Jason Peters is getting older, and he's missed entire seasons uh, a couple years in a row, it seems like. And um, so they went out and they drafted Andre Dillard with their first round pick, and I think that was big for them. So, I mean, really, this is the best offensive line in football, um, and they're they're young enough on the line um, that Carson Wentz is now a beautiful dynasty option at his value. Um, though we talked about the receivers being great picking them up. Um, but I think as the line comes together and some of the old guys are phasing out and the young guys can be built up really quick, uh, he's a automatic, like you can build your whole team around a guy like that. This is the 2017, essentially the 2017 MVP, um, where we got real close and they tore his ACL. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm in love with Carson Wentz. In Dynasty, are you taking Carson Wentz or Aaron Rodgers? Sorry, Carson Wentz or who? Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz. Huh. The yeah. injury risk is definitely there for Wentz, but I mean, I would I would definitely agree um, just based on age and, and weapons and, and kind of stability there alone. The, the Green Bay offense runs through Aaron Rodgers, and we have no idea what LaFleur is going to do. We have no idea what wide receiver is going to step up. If any of them are, are that good, it, we just have – Devontae Adams you know there's a lot of question marks there long term for Green Bay but I mean as far as as far as Philly goes that looks pretty solid for the long term I love the addition of Deshaun Jackson I think that's so huge to have a deep threat like that that they really didn't get to have um and Carson can throw it deep he loves to sling it so that's a good pickup for them they just have it's so different many than a, too. It's different than a Nelson Aguilar because Nelson Aguilar is fast, but he's not the he's not nearly no. the deep threat that Deshaun Jackson is. Yeah, so we could be looking at forty Carson touchdowns. Yeah, you've got Ertz, Goddard, uh, and JJR Sager Whiteside. I think that all those guys are going to be able to absorb some pretty excellent red zone targets too, and they're they're going to have some interesting packages they'll be able to to develop with multiple tight end sets too. Pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot with multiple tight end sets. Actually, they uh, they they had the most pass plays in multiple tight end sets of any team in the league, I think. And if I mean, if uh, totally off topic, but if Ertz goes down, Goddard is a huge fantasy asset. Oh, absolutely! He's clinging it to him. In yeah. Dynasty, he's he's an awesome grab. I thought so Goddard about- Goddard was the closest thing to. Travis Kelsey that I saw in college. Right. Yeah, it's just, unf- yeah. I wish that we could, Ertz is still so young, though, that's the problem, is that Ertz yeah. is not old. <laughs> you know, how old is he? Third? Is he 29? Yeah, he's in that range. He's, he's young. He could play another five. He's 28. He turns, he's turned 29 this season. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's just young enough that it, it makes it really difficult to invest too much dynasty-wise in, in um and Goddard, but yeah. And, and speaking of young guys, let's talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. I mean, number one overall draft pick. So we saw somebody last year do pretty well as the number one overall draft pick quarterback out of Oklahoma coming from that uh, Lincoln Riley system. And you put him in the hands of Cliff Kingsbury. And now Kyler Murray is, he has a lot of, he has high expectations, very high expectations. So right now he's being drafted uh, 10th overall out of quarterback, excuse me, 10th quarterback overall. Um, and the 806, so going in the middle of the eighth round, how do you guys feel about coming out of the draft with Kyler Murray as your quarterback? 
I feel so pretty I'm, good. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good as well. Yeah. I, I really like him, um, especially in super flex leagues because you have the safety of another quarterback. But he's going to be a guy that I think is going to be a good case study on how much O-line matters to a mobile quarterback. Like his O-line is booty. He's got good good weapons and he's wicked fast. So you know he can escape. So it's going to be a how can can he do well like a, a Russell Wilson with a bad O-line? Um, or, or not, you know, there's a lot of these quarterbacks that do well or, or have these turns in their careers do so when their O lines improved. And I mean, that's, that's pretty obvious there as to why they're much more protected. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how well he does because of how bad his O line is, but he could, I mean, he could very well be the game breaker there because of his rushing stats. So I'm, I'm really interested to see. I'm taking him definitely, uh, but I'm very interested to see like the correlation of of his rushing ability with how well he does in fantasy compared to how bad his O line is. He's one of those guys that we were talking earlier about how defenses can impact your offensive output, especially at the quarterback position, because you'll have to throw the ball more because of game tempo. And the Cardinals defense made no improvements. I mean, nothing substantial. They made huge improvements to the receiving core. And I think that they have to rely on their offense. I think that every Cardinals game is going to feel like a college football game because there's going to be a lot of points scored for both teams. Um, And whenever they don't score points, they're going to get destroyed. And they're still going to have to throw the ball just to try and get back in the game. So I'll be really interested in how that ends up playing out for him. I'm worried about him getting injured because of that. Yeah. What do you talk to talk to us about the weapons there? Um, So he's got, he picks up. Is there enough, is there enough there to bolster or increase his fantasy output? So he's got fits still, which is always good. Uh, He's got Christian Kirk returning. Uh, And then he's got like, he's got a pretty big salute. Didn't they, do they sign Crabtree? Uh, They they offered him and then uh, he did not sign with them. Okay, so they so then he's got rookies, got Andy Isabella, he's got uh, he's got Keyshawn Johnson, he's got Hakeem Butler, and then they signed Kevin White. And I think White, yeah, honestly, you guys were kind of giving me a hard time about Kevin White, but right now he's a starter on their depth chart. So, uh, and I do I do think that that concerned me the fact that they were trying to go out and sign Michael Crabtree. It did concern me with how they truly feel about some of those guys, but I. I still think that there, well, he has the weapons. He ha- he has the weapons. Now, do they have the experience? No. Does he have the weapons? Yes. And I think that he's able to connect with some of these guys because he's a very skilled quarterback. I think he'll be able to, to if, if anything, he's going to at least find somebody that he likes and develop some sort of relationship with them, whether that ends up being Fitz, Kirk. Um, that's unclear. But I do think that he has enough weapons that he should be able to be getting the ball out. I'll know for sure tomorrow whenever I get to go to the Chargers Cardinals game. So, Jetpack, how do you feel about the relationship between Murray and Kingsbury? Do you think that that's enough to really have a? I mean, he's going at the tenth quarterback off the board. Do you think that's enough to make that valuable and make a return on that investment? Yeah, I totally do. I, so, to me, the most interesting thing about Kyler is um, you will compare him to Baker, right? And so Baker came in, he played 13 games, and he had uh, 3,700 yards passing. And so Kyler, being the follow-up Oklahoma Heisman-winning quarterback, that's a decent ballpark to put him in, right? 
Baker is thrown to Jarvis Landry and Njoku and Antonio Callaway, right? And Kyler Murray is going to be have a little bit better um, options. And so if we get him in that ballpark, uh, that's a great, great place for him to be. Um, so in, in that, that's the passing upside, I think, is like 4,000, uh, low 4,000s is kind of what you're hoping for there. He might get more attempts than Baker saw too, just because of the way that Cliff runs it. Um, and so to me, the, the passing volume will be there. The real question or the thing that makes him exciting is, is his rushing ability. And so let's compare him to past rushing quarterbacks. At OU, he was 140 rushes, 1,000 yards for 12 touchdowns. Um, and so we compare that to past guys. Michael Vick in college was like 130 for 650 yards. Um, Johnny Manziel, uh, who was also um, under Cliff Kingsbury when he had his Heisman winning campaign in 2012, Johnny Manziel was 200 rushes for 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns. And so there's, there's a, a huge amount of rushing volume for uh, like a guy like Manziel and a Cliff Kingsbury offense than there was for like Vic and somebody else's offense. And so to me, that, that brings the most intrigue. Um, Cliff ran Pat Mahomes 131 times. And he, and he ran. He Davis. did some pretty substantial yardage too. Oh yeah, and he ran Davis Webb like twenty-five times. So he knows what he's dealing with. He knows the talent that he has at quarterback, and he's willing to use that. Um, so for for us, as we're taking a look at Kyler Murray, we can say, hey, you know, if we gave him a hundred rushes, what could he do with that? That might be a little bit on the high end, but if we, you know, maybe we're talking eighty to hundred rushes, that that's phenomenal for Kyler Murray. That'd be nice. So that's yeah. where I get into my concerns with him with the injury risk because I think with being that mobile and depending on how they run their scheme, they may be so uh, for, having four wide makes it a lot easier for quarterbacks to be mobile because if you try and cover in a man or a zone, either one, if you're in man, you run off the um, outside protection. So you have to be in zone to be able to, to defend against mobile quarterbacks a lot of times. And so because of that, you end up with outside linebackers coming down, which could play into their favor because if you're, if you're in these uh, four wide set, these two by twos and three by ones, uh, you're you're on the rollout, whatever, depending on what you're doing. If it's an intentional rollout, then you're not going to really be in any sort of danger. But if you're having to like leave the pocket and it makes it the outside linebacker has to make a decision whether or not he's going to stay in coverage on whoever's doing the um, hook curl type route, whatever slants, uh, drags, whatever that medium uh digs those medium side like style routes he has to make that decision uh which is a terrible decision to have to make do i go and stop him from running and provide pressure or do i stay in coverage and let him get seven yards and so the question is how much punishment is he going to take when he does that he needs to be really good at sliding running out of bounds to, be able to protect himself Brooks. but i think that and I think what you see with Kyler Murray and what he did consistently in college was protect himself there. Whenever whenever he felt pressure, he went to the ground. He was very good at sliding. He did not take a ton of big hits. So I think that actually is something he really excels at, which is exciting and, and good news for him. Well, yeah, it's because he knows that he's got $15 million coming from the A's. So he's got to <laughs> save his body for that moment. I do think that he's less, you, you compared him a little bit to Vic. I think he's less elusive, less athletic than Vic. Uh, yeah, That's absolutely. Because Vic is the most athletic player we've ever seen at the quarterback position ever in the NFL. And Kyler Murray is still extremely talented. But I do think that he's a much better passer than Vic. And I think that's going to be one of the things that really distinguishes him from other passing, or excuse me, dual threat quarterbacks. Because he actually is very talented at throwing the ball. 
he's super, super accurate, especially with his deep ball, which is really nice because he has a lot of good deep threats in Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella. I mean, even Christian Kirk can can be a good deep threat, even though he's he's more of a slot guy. So I think I think his deep ball is going to be really helpful for him. And the fact that he can scramble when he's scrambling, that deep ball becomes more and more tempting as guys kind of match up to their their deep threat uh their, their deep routes with the defensive backs match up there and you're kind of just getting kyler running free and and so i think i think his big playability is going to be great i think his rushing ability is going to be great and i think that you brought up like probably the best point for him like outside of his his skill set is that his team is not very good defensively and they're going to be playing from behind he's going to have to throw the ball constantly so i, I there's no reason not to like Kyler Murray this year and especially, especially a team that has right a, a team that has a really good defense and still has a lot of weapons though is the Los Angeles Rams and I think that so Jared Goff he's currently going a couple of picks after Kyler Murray so Kyler is going at the 10th he's going 12th quarterback off the board in the ninth round about you know around later and Jared Goff is is what like we were talking about earlier with uh with um Baker Mayfield is that he has a lot of weapons around him, but in his scenario, and he's got a great offense coordinator, obviously he's got a great offensive mind in his head coach. So will he be able to, and I think this is really interesting given the Todd Gurley injury issue. Will he be able to repeat 32 touchdowns this year? I don't know that he'll repeat 32, but I mean, he could, he could, his average in the past couple of years is 30 touchdowns. So I think 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns is totally, totally reasonable. And I don't think it would be a stretch to, to put him right there, which, which is exactly what you want in that bottom end of the top 10 quarterbacks. How much does the return of Cooper cup have an impact on that? I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Huge, right. Yeah, you're so, a, you're, especially because Cooper Cup was a great red zone target for him. Yeah, uh, you, thirty touchdowns is a is a great target. Like 30, 30 to thirty five touchdowns, that's perfectly fine, totally reasonable. You get he he didn't have Cooper Cup most of the season or the end of the season last year, and he's and, and Cooper Cup is his primary red zone target. Like when he is throwing the ball in the red zone, it is going to Cooper Cup. That's right. That's like the a main sell on why people like Cooper Cup. And so getting him back is only going to improve his touchdown upside. And the reason for that is just because he's a sl- huge slot guy. He's got a, a very wide catch radius at 6'2", and he's able to have a mismatch against a lot of outside linebackers in you know 20 yards in. He, he ends up creating a lot of space, and he's able to catch. He, he's really good at taking punishment. I mean, obviously, he had a concussion last year, and then he had multiple knee injuries. So that is the concern for him. But I think for the most part, Cooper Cup should improve Jared Goff's overall output, at, especially at, as far as touchdowns are concerned. I, how much do you think that the Todd Gurley, it, whether or not Todd Gurley's running the ball in, is going to have an impact on their play calling in the red zone and their overall touchdowns in the, in the red zone for the Rams? I think but, it's even, yeah. even more reason to like him. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the way you look at the Rams' offense is – if if Todd Gurley's not in the game, Daryl Henderson's going to be totally fine to run the ball in. Uh, to a lot of Todd Gurley's touchdowns were not like grind them out touchdowns. They were wide running lanes where you make people miss in space. And I think Daryl Henderson's going to do a great job with that. 
I think the team would rather it go to one of their elite pass catching options um, just because you have a, a smaller stature guy that you don't necessarily want in on the goal line packages. Did you know that Daryl Henderson is currently fifth on their running back depth chart? Yeah, John I did. Kelly. That's, That's, quite a bit <laughs> That's crazy. I'll love me some John Kelly, though. John Kelly's number two? Uh, Malcolm Brown's two. They extended. Malcolm Brown. We're still we're still good with the Malcolm Brown call from earlier in the year. Absolutely. You can thank us later, Space Cadets. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so that on, remember that on the pod with the pod with Mason? I do. Yeah. That was we, yeah. Worthy original. Whoever it's the same it's the same idea as the Chiefs running backs. Whoever is the running back for the LA Rams, you want them. Exactly. Yeah, it's well our, our, a big part of our philosophy, at least my philosophy, and you guys back me up if if I'm if you're feeling what I'm stepping in, but I want the players on the best teams, best offenses, whoever is going to play in that role in the best offenses. Those are the guys I want. So that's one of the reasons I'm kind of down on Antonio Brown this year. I don't want a piece of that offense that badly. Now volume is still King. So he's going to get a lot of volume. It's obviously still relevant, but I'd rather have somebody like OBJ. And I think that's one of the reasons why Antonio Brown has fallen so far this year. And so whenever you get like guys, and that's why one of the reasons I get so excited about this next guy who I actually think is a pretty talented player, and he's had a lot of issues with different guy, a different court. Like he, he's had different issues with the head coaching staff, um, and he's uh, fluctuated quite a bit. But Jameis Winston is somebody that, when you bring in Bruce Arians, I think it really changes a lot of people's perspectives on him. And I, I don't know if he's going to be overhyped this season or underhyped. I, I can't tell because there's been a lot of buzz about him. What do you guys think about Jameis Winston? Oh, he's tough for me. Because he throws a lot of interceptions. Right. And I mean, so some leagues you're in penalized big for interceptions. Some don't. So you really have to weigh that well, in. Because of that, I want to throw in. I do think that you should be penalized a lot for fumbles and interceptions because those ruin games. You lose games because of those. So, yeah, arguably more than minus two. Uh, you know, yeah. I think minus three might be mm-hmm. pretty solid. And then I, I actually think minus four should is the appropriate amount. But hey, you know what? I'm down with that, too. You know what? We'll do that for the listener league. Yeah. That's I, and here's why. Minus as a, four. As a defensive coordinator, it, first of all, if you if you lose a turnover battle by two, if you're minus two in the turnover battle, you have a 70% chance to lose the game. That's insane. So that means if you're yeah. contributing one or two of those turnovers, then you are personally liable for losing your team the game. Uh, so I think that you should also be losing your fantasy teams to the game because of that. So that's that's a reason I'm down on on Jameis Winston. I like the volume he's going to have. I like his weapons, um, but you know it's he's a, he's a guy that's like it could be it could be a boom bust, and I don't necessarily want to mess with the boom bust weeks one where he's throwing four interceptions and all of a sudden he's at minus sixteen points. You know, especially in the listener league when it, where it's going to be minus four. Um, so he's a guy that. At value, yeah, I'll take him because he does have the upside. But I'd like a little bit more consistency in my quarterback. And so if I have to, if I have to pick between like him and Philip Rivers, who are going back to back, I'll take a little more consistency in Philip Rivers. You have Ben Roethlisberger going to uh, going around later. Dak Prescott going two rounds later. I'll take Dak Prescott over Jameis Winston straight up. And the fact that I can get him two rounds later is big for me. So I'll. I'll pass it on Jameis for the most part. If he, if I get him at value, 
I'll take his upside, especially in like a best ball uh, type situation. But he's he's a guy that I'm not just super hype on. So he's a guy going off the board, 14th quarterback uh, and 10th, you know, 10th round was who we're talking. So you're going to be streaming the position. Jetpack, does that give you enough, you know, safety as far as that's concerned to you can always, you know, if if you feel like it's going to be a down week because the defense is good and they're ball hawks, they're going to make a lot of interceptions. You can just stream the position and pick somebody else up. Does that sound like a strategy you would employ with him? Yeah, hundred percent. And he's playing in the NFC South, and so you know, I'm not too concerned about the defenses there. The Falcons, Saints, Panthers, just you know, okay. Um, so I like Jameis Winston um, as a fantasy asset, but I hate him as a real life quarterback, of course. Right. Um, but so the deal there is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterbacks last year with Dirk Cutter as the play caller, averaged 22.6 points per game. So that that would end up being the second quarterback in in the NFL, um, and so that that information has been out for a while. But to me, that says a lot, right? Right. Now we're getting a, a legit um, play caller in Bruce Arians who can be more creative and do a lot of things in the passing game. Um, and so uh, Jameis Winston's upside is extremely high. Um, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin being there and OJ Howard being there, the, if you're counting weapons again, you're in the right spot. So um, to me, I love Jameis Winston in the 10th round. I'll happily take him. Um, and then, yeah, you can stream and pair him with anybody because he's so cheap. Is he someone the distinction so- you have to make? He can't, he can't like, I would not feel comfortable if he's my, if he's my only quarterback. Right. You know, like if he's, if he's the first quarterback I take, I missed out because I could have gotten a better guy that's a little more stable. I, I like stability at that position. I like where I can count on on 20 points a game consistently like like you could for a Jared Goff. Right, so you're talking, you don't want to stream the position then? Not as much. I want a guy that I can plug and play pretty much every week. Right. I think Jameis is a good guy if you want to stream the position. I think he's a, a as far as when you're streaming the position, you don't necessarily want to take somebody completely stable because there's going to be plenty of stable guys on waivers. You're, you're going to have people like you know, Jimmy Garoppolo on waivers. You're going to have uh, Josh Allen on waivers, who I really, really like as a guy that you can stream pretty consistently. You're going to have people like Dak Prescott on waivers, who is pretty much always going to be another stable option. You got Kirk Cousins maybe on 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 waivers. Same with Mitch Trubisky. So I feel like there's, and this is the reason why we were talking earlier about you should be able to, to stream the position if you want to. There's so, I mean, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to be overdrafted in all of your redraft leagues, but he's he's a guy that's not even going in the the top 14 picks. He's going top 15. He's going 15th overall. So he's not even in the top. You know, he's he's going to be somebody's backup quarterback. So yeah, it just. As far as Jameis Winston's concerned, it's like, yeah, I want to take that high upside shot if I'm going to take, you know, this guy. And then I'm going to also just stream my backup position with somebody like Josh Allen, who I know is going to have some stable floor numbers with his rushing contributions. That's the kind of streaming strategy I can get behind. If you're getting Jameis Winston and Dak Prescott, okay, like I'll, I'll, I would I would rather have the stability of, of a Dak Prescott and then be able to plug Jameis in if I think he's going against a a team where he can excel or if he's, he starts to get hot. So Jameis Winston, yeah. I think actually would contribute a lot in this other offense that we're going to clean up with. And it's, it's the reason why. So Maryland, uh, Baltimore is in Maryland and Baltimore, or excuse me, Maryland is really well known for their crap. 
And I think if if Jameis Winston can just get some decent crab legs, he'd be able to throw the ball a little bit, kind of like the way Lamar Jackson's been able to produce for fantasy purposes. What do you guys think about my crab legs theory? Follow it literally so, at all. Maryland <laughs> has crabs. They're famous for the crabs. Okay. No, you don't. crabs. Right. Lamar Jackson's currently the quarterback there. Right. No, if I got realize. rid of Lamar Jackson. Jameis Winston stole crab legs when he was at Florida State. So if you uh, finally you get him some stealing legal crab, crab legs, legs, then maybe he'll produce part, at a high level. That was level. the part that I missed was the stealing. Really? stealing There's a little legs. bit of a logic jump. You had to. Yeah. You had to have yeah, the, I missed, on, I missed that part. Hey, sorry. I tried Rich to, can't you handle know, these circuitous routes. Yeah, yeah there's two you, circuitous. You know, here's, yeah. here's the give thing. it to him straight. Here's the thing. I didn't know that Jameis Winston stole crab legs in college. That was li- that was the first time I learned that. It was right now. I was today years really? old when I found that out. No. Yeah. That was a meme. That was huge. On, dude. What do you Dang. think the W, the like, let's go get a W thing, and he's eating his fingers? Oh, I just thought man. that was weird. Man, I'm so Didn't disappointed. Didn't watch college football back then. Back then, yeah, we were okay. So for for the record, we were all in college playing football at the same time as Jameis Winston. So we didn't have time to watch other. We were we uh, didn't play D one ball. I was, so I was watching North Central, preparing for North right, Central, not watching right. Jameis Winston. That's that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. That's fair. But it, the problem yeah. the problem is that it was kind of a big meme in popular culture. So you probably should you definitely shouldn't know. But I'll you give absolutely it, it was more. Know. You know, I was more into the art scene back then. Right. You know, Ben can attest to that. Listening, watching uh, Van Gogh and no, listening more to like, Panic more at like the Disco. S- like slam poetry. Yeah. Slam poetry. It was a dark time. Glad I moved past it. Well, you still got engaged somehow, so you'll be all right. Thanks to poetry. No, it, it, it actually is a real disaster that you didn't know about the James Winston crowd likes. All right, let's I move did. on. Okay. Lamar, so <laughs> Lamar Jackson, that. though, like Baltimore <laughs> quarterback. And here's a guy. So I was talking about a little bit about stability with Josh Allen's legs. I mean, Lamar Jackson, his it's not stability. It's his offense is structured around running the football. So yeah. I, it's it's not even a it's not an offense that's designed to throw the ball. They've even gone so far as to sign backups who have the same skill set as him, so that they can continue to run the ball after in case he goes down. And they're going to be able to you know put in RG three on a couple of of plays to be able to give him some some rest. So it, Brooks, that... it's unbelievable. They drafted Trace McSorley with uh, a they spent a draft pick on Trace McSorley uh, because they are this committed to that offense. Trace McSorley's so bad for the record. Do not pick him up in Dynasty. I don't care how okay, so what's the guy's name that was a backup for the Bills that got to start a little bit last year? He's on the Chargers or somebody. What's his no, name? No, no, no. He's on the Raiders. Nathan the Peterman. Raiders. Nathan Peterman. And John I cannot Gruden think of his name. Been, John Gruden has been saying he looks great in camp. So go ahead, get uh, Nathan pick six Peterman. So he, Trace McSorley, Sorlin is, what is that his name? Trace McSorley. McSorley. McSorley sucks. <laughs> He's like, uh, so you watch a Miles Sanders film and you're just like, yeah, Miles Sanders is really athletic. And then you like, Wonder why he's not getting the ball more. And you realize it's because the quarterback misreads the plays all the time and runs the ball when he's not supposed to. And then he gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And it ticks me off so much. It's beyond belief. He's so terrible. He doesn't understand how to read in the offense. So he's ugh, don't don't pick him up. Don't even don't worry about trying to pick him up. Don't be like, man, I really need a handcuff Lamar Jackson. Do not worry about chasing him. He's terrible. <laughs> 
So the deal with Lamar is you're getting a running back. Right. Who throws the ball. And and so that's super interesting. So if you look at Lamar Jackson's uh, seven starts in 2018, he was 18.6 points per game, which is actually pretty stellar. Um, that's better than Dak Prescott. That's uh, like in the same ballpark as Russell Wilson. Um, and so Lamar uh, is super interesting. And he didn't even do anything in the passing game. He had like 1,200 yards throwing. Um, and so over those seven games, he had uh, about 80 rushing yards a game and 17 carries a game, which is <laughs> 297 carries over a 16-game season. Can I, can I interject really quick? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, over, the over-under on Lamar Jackson's uh, carries is 139 rushing attempts. Oh, so that's, go. that's the over-under. Do you want to know what John Harbaugh says about that? Yeah, oh yeah, we know. He says bet the over on that. I'd bet the over for sure. So you know he's getting yeah. over 140 carries. I might go and take a hundred dollars out of my savings and throw that oh, down easily. on him. Yeah, easily. It's all about whether or not he gets injured though, because that's yeah. got to be the reason why it's so low is because right. the injury risk is so prominent, and that's one of the reasons why I get. I mean, he's he's not going to be your first quarterback, and if he is, then you're going to be streaming the position. So he's one of those guys with a really high floor. Nami code quarterback. Well, so the deal with uh, Lamar is that he's being coached up by Greg Roman, right? And this is Greg Roman of uh, Colin Kaepernick when he was good and Tarad Taylor when he was relevant. Um, and so both those quarterbacks were about um, 450, 480 pass attempts across the year, and they had about 3,000 yards throwing. Um, so you, you have to have some some passing skill, I think, um, in order to hit like 3,500 yards, um, which would be probably a little bit too high for Lamar. Um, and so, and, and, but they're given those guys 105 yards or 105 rushes. Um, and so with cap, he was 105 yards rushing or 105, sorry, 105 attempts, 641 yards rushing. And then Tarad was 105, yard, uh, 105 attempts. 580 yards rushing. Um, and so Lamar, I think when he gets more volume, he could be a thousand yard rusher as a rusher. He's also much better than both cap and Tyra and they're, right. they're decent runners. They're okay. I think Tyrod's better than cap and caps decent. He, he's really good in the read. He's basically the, he played under the coach who invented the pistol and he's very, he's very good at doing the zone reads. Uh, Lamar Jackson is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that that gives him it just gives him a lot of stability as far as fantasy is concerned because of the way that uh, rushing yards are just normal on on the quarterback position. So he's a guy that I'm I'm interested in if if I need to let's say if I if you're pairing Jameis Winston and Lamar Jackson, that's your high floor high floor guy with your high ceiling guy right there. Uh, I think that that's I'm okay with that as far as if you're just wanting to do two guys that you're switching back and forth with. Yeah, you just play Lamar whenever they play the Bengals and you play Jameis whenever they play the Falcons. It's perfect. I think when you talk about Lamar Jackson, you're not just talking about one of the best, one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. You're you're talking about one of the most athletic quarterbacks in NFL history. Right. Um, and I think not not is he a good rusher, not is he the best rushing quarterback in the NFL because that's obvious. Is is he a top five running back in the NFL? As far as talent goes, I think he could be. 
I mean, 17 carries a game, man. That's that's better than a lot of running backs. They, yeah, it is. He won't see that. He'll probably see maybe 12 upwards. Like 12, 15 is kind of where I think he'll end up being, which is super high um, for anybody else. Um, but, yeah, they're going to build it around him. That's one of the reasons this, I mean, not to get off topic, but that's one of the reasons I can't get behind some of these, you know, Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews or um, those types of guys. It's just, I can't get too excited about them just because the offense is so much about Lamar Jackson, RB slash QB. Right. You get, so with Cap and with Tarad, you get one relevant guy on that offense. Not like great, just relevant. Just relevant. Yeah. Right. So Michael Crabtree was a top 12 receiver once in his whole career with the Niners. Um, Vernon Davis was a uh, top three tight end once, maybe twice um, when Cap was playing. Um, and so, you know, that that's really all you're going to get is just one guy at a time. So um, don't get too excited about those guys. That one relevant guy is going to be. If you had to peg uh, him. People like Mark Andrews. People like Mark Andrews a lot. I personally enjoy watching Marquise Brown play, but I, I'm not going to go out and buy a rookie redraft-wise. Probably, if, if I had to bet, I'd probably take Mark Andrews or Hayden Hurst. Forget about Hayden Hurst. People forget about Hayden. It's because he's, he's a little forgettable. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the Royce Freeman of tight ends. He probably is. <laughs> what a calm. Awesome calm. Team Mark Andrews all the way. Yeah. Um, so let's go let's go through these last couple guys. Just kind of quick. Well, thoughts. let's let's say who are who are some guys after Brooks. 17 that Brooks. are guys. Well, I, I want to ask, like, who are some the guys that you would pick Brooks. out of the set out of that top 17 Brooks. that you'd be like, this is my quarterback. I could sit, I could live with him for the whole season. The top 17? Yeah, so 17th yeah. is Lamar. So go, go, descending from guys 17 are... is Lamar, Roethlisberger, Brady, Winston, Rivers, Goff, Newton, Murray, Wilson, Wentz, Breeze, Ryan, Mayfield, Rogers, Watson, Luck, Mahomes. So outside of those 17. To, list, to be honest, like that was, a, I haven't heard that in reverse order. And like that was a weird way to think about the quarterback. Rich, Rich, Rich. Guess what? Now, yeah. I don't know. You guys I, are doing good. Yeah. <laughs> good work. So, um, for me, uh, I think Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Grappolo will both be um, potential top 10 guys. Um, I believe in both of them as quarterbacks, um, and I think they're grossly undervalued. And it's totally okay for me to grab them in that range. I'll reach a little bit on either of those guys and take them in. I'd probably take – both of them ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so that that's where I'm at on those guys. I'm comfortable with them and pairing them together. It's beautiful to get a guy in the 12th round um, because you just pair him and go back to back with the other guy. So I'll go Jimmy G, Mitch Trubisky all day. Got no problems with that. I'll go with a, a Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky. I, I like that stack because yeah. you forget that two years ago, Kirk Cousins was a top five quarterback. He's got Adam Thielen. He's got Stephon Diggs. He's got uh, Kyle Rudolph. He's now got Irv Smith. And then they have Dalvin Cook back. So he's he's another guy where there's a lot of weapons. Did they improve the offensive line a ton? No. 
but I still think he has that that excellent upside because of his weapons. Um, so Kirk Cousins, a guy I like there. Mitch Trubisky, a guy who's, I mean, he could go off for six touchdowns in a week, but he also has good rushing upside. He's he's a top five rushing quarterback in the NFL, and I'll take that. Um, so I think when you see that his weapons have improved, he now has a healthy Anthony Miller. They now have a, a running back that can catch the ball in David Montgomery. They still have Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel. There's a lot of good weapons there as well. Not as good, not as elite necessarily, but his rushing floor makes up for that a little bit. So I like, I, I love that range as well. Uh, Dak Prescott's another guy that I like at QB 18. Um, but I like the, I like the upside of the other guys um, in that range. If I'm, if I'm going with a late quarterback. I really like Jimmy G as well. I think that they're, I think that he'll have a really stable fantasy season um, because I think that as far as, you know, 49ers offense is concerned, it's going to be pretty successful offense this year. But for me, I, I for some of these guys that are really late that I, I don't mind having, um, I, I like Josh Allen. So I like having, I'm a big floor. I'm a big consistency stabilization of all my positions guy. I think Josh Allen with his, the amount he ran the ball last season, I'm pretty happy with that, that, you know, 16, 17 point floor with him getting, I mean, being this as mobile as he's been. And he's also a deep threat guy. He's got a, a cannon for an arm. So with Josh Brown or uh, John Brown, finally adding, I don't know how his sickle cell ends up uh, with the bills. I don't know how that climate affects that. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Uh, you guys might know more. Or you guys definitely know more. But uh, you know, if Josh Brown can stay on the field, John Brown can stay on the field. Then Josh Allen, <laughs> I'm mixing those names up. Uh, I think can have a a little bit, you know, enough to be, you know, low or excuse me, high end quarterback two numbers. Maybe even sneak into that low end quarterback one, not on a consistent basis, but uh, in the correct matchups. Another guy that I don't understand. I think he's going. I don't know what he's. We don't have it this deep on our uh show doc but andy dalton I, last i yeah. saw him was like 31st off the board like yeah. andy dalton is not the 31st quarterback in the nfl sam no darnold left. sam darnold at qb 29 uh I, i'm not i'm not super excited about sam darnold but like sammy D. Uh, I, I won't but andy dalton with zach taylor i think that offense is going to be totally different than it was and I, I i expect there to be a lot more opportunity for him to succeed so he's somebody that I would just, you know, he's somebody I can stream. You're, you're never going to, you shouldn't draft him. He's somebody that you can pick up depending on the matchup. Uh, and he's a guy that I, I would feel confident, especially, I, I mean, a little bit of that is going to, I mean, he's still got Tyler Boyd and he, he's got to stay healthy with some of his other receivers and all of that. But he's another guy I would keep my eye on. Yeah, I love that call. I think Andy Dalton's super interesting. Um, will he get murdered? Um, by the offensive line, will will he survive? I don't know. I, I don't think it'll be by the offensive line, but it will be because of the <laughs> yes. offensive line. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, they're, but they're in trouble. Yeah, and I don't understand their deci- decision making as far as drafting went. But um, yeah, but, yeah, I, I do think that offense. Uh, I I think that offense has to improve. So yeah, I expect definitely. a little bit of an. Imp- it's definitely an improvement as far as his numbers are concerned. Yeah. I, so to me, Josh Allen, I'm not intrigued by at all. Like, if, especially if we're giving him minus four interception points. Yeah. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. I I don't 
I don't care for Josh Allen very much. To me, he's just like, I mean, the same upside as Derek Carr. There's nothing. About I think Josh the, Allen the difference like. between him and Derek Carr though is going to be the rushing floor, and that that's what I was kind of getting at is that that stability is going to. It's not his pass. He's not going to have better passing yards than most quarterbacks in the league, but he's definitely going to have better rushing yards. Um, and also he's not Nathan Peterman, so you have that yeah. going for him. I mean, Nathan yeah, I mean, Peterman in this league would have had negative 20 in the first half of that game that he started. <laughs> yeah. Is that, it was at five interceptions that he threw or four? He was five. Yeah, it was five. Five, yeah. Pick six. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not going to have no. a, anybody retiring at halftime on him. No, it's true. But so, I, I mean, I don't see the, the passing upside to where I care about him is kind of what I'm saying. Right. I'm not drafting him. I'm not, yeah. I'm not no, recommending no. that anybody at home yeah. drafts him. Yeah. But he's a guy that I think in certain ways you can definitely stream. Just a lack of... Antonio Brown now has uh, frostbite on his feet. The, yeah. I don't think it is frostbite. I think no, that the early reports it's, are wrong. It's 100% frostbite. He, did you hear really? what happened, Brooks? He went into a cryo chamber. I, know, with I heard it wasn't on. completely... I heard it wasn't completely frostbite. It was just really damaged. Seen the bottoms of his feet? Have you seen the picture? No, I, I look, want to be able to eat food for the rest they of my look life. Terrible. <laughs> his feet are peeling off like crazy. Have you ever had a chemical burn before? Yes. So. so one time I ate ice cream with my bare hands to prove my masculinity. And so I had it all on my fingertips and the my fingertips peeled off, like all the skin on it just peeled off from freezing burn because i ran it in hot water afterwards you know to fix it and i don't i don't know if that's actually a chemical burn or whatever the reaction was that caused my skin to be damaged but it was like i was at a camp and i couldn't hold things or maybe like six seven days but it went away like all healed i don't know how it would be for him obviously it's totally different but space fact yeah yeah talk to me about the cold of space can you get frostbite in space well, yeah. yeah. So specifically, <laughs> specifically, uh, the space fact is about Uranus, mm. and Uranus. When you said that, well, Uranus hits that. Uranus hits the coldest temperatures of any planet. It has a minimum atmospheric temperature of negative two hundred twenty-four degrees Celsius. It's nearly the coldest planet in the solar system. Is it colder uh, there than Neptune? Uh, Uranus is on average colder, but Neptune has a lower low. Because don't they switch places? Sometimes Uranus is seventh and sometimes it's eighth. I don't quite know. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, because the way their orbits are. Yeah. You would think they would eventually collide. Probably. Thoughts that, you know, if it's a... The universe is billions of years old. Then shouldn't they have collided by now? Boom! You, Boom. you know, you know. Uh, do you know who discovered Uranus? No, please tell us. Sir <laughs> William Herschel discovered Uranus in 1781. Huh. Interesting. A little bit disappointed that Galileo did not discover Uranus. I'm wondering if. Brooks is now going to take any new astronomer names instead of hot takes Brooks. I don't really know enough astronomers to be able to do that. Hot Maybe takes I'll just William Herschel. Hot takes her Hubble. 
takes Herschel. <laughs> Hot takes Herschel. <laughs> That's pretty good. Brooks does love the uh, alliteration. The cold planet too. Alliteration guy. You need some hot takes to heat up the ice planet. Mm, wow, yeah, that's good. There's a lot going on there, and I like it. Oh, it's almost as cold as Josh Allen's arm in Buffalo. It's almost as cold as the cryo chamber in Oakland. <laughs> it's almost as cold. That's actually how he got his his feet. He he didn't. He was just trying to like do a little quick orbit to Uranus. He forgot to wear the right footwear. Whenever yeah. he's doing his Uranus walk, he was really kicking butt. Now yeah. he's out. Antonio out, Brown was be... really kicking butt at camp. <laughs> I don't know. This is a really good one. <laughs> this is poor. Not a rest work. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought that was a great one. Oh, thank you. Uh, Dude, one space hey, strap is flown Jetpack. by Uranus. Jetpack, yeah, didn't you go to the camp? Didn't you go to San Francisco? Oh, I did. Camp? Yeah. Tell oh, you yeah. went to space I mean, camp? Ben, Let me tell you about jetpack. How was NASA? Uh, oh, you're talking about 49ers. I was talking about NASA. Space camp. Yeah. Space camp. yeah. Uh, so I went to 49er camp, which was uh, pretty fun. Um, took a picture with Sourdough Sam, what a cool guy. Um, I don't know who that uh, is. You don't know who Sourdough Sam is? No. He's no. the mascot. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Does the Chargers have a mascot? Mm, I have no idea. No. I've only been to away games where the Chargers played, which okay. I will be going to tomorrow. I'm pretty yeah. excited. I don't hey, know if I said that good. like six times in this podcast yet. Yeah. Just have Staley Da Bear. Well, so uh, the thing that I, I saw that stood out to me was uh, Nick Bosa uh, looked like he was playing really well. So he just sprained his ankle today or yesterday. Um, so that's a bummer. But um, Nick Bosa looks everything like they want him to look like at the number two pick. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, in the future. I mean, the question is with the Bosa guys is always going to be, you know, are they going to play games at all? Um, they're just going to be hurt. Um, but they love him. Staley was having trouble with him um, early on, and they're, you know, giving each other tips and things like that already um, for a rookie going against All-Pro Joe Staley. That's pretty awesome. So, How did um, Jimmy G look? Jimmy G looked all right. I mean, camp is so interesting because you read different – beat reports and you think everything is this or that um with the structure of everything but um it felt like I, I don't know it didn't feel like a big nothing felt like a big deal um and then when we read it on twitter or we read it on a news report it, it's like so huge you know yeah so um, that the, the, really obviously totally the, the reason for that is they have to get you to click they have to right. get you to Absolutely. read their articles that's how they make money it's the whole yeah. point of their occupation as a beat writer depends on whether or not you you read that stuff and they the beat writers know that a lot of their traffic is fantasy football related so whenever they talk about skill position guys that's what they're trying to do is pump up guys so that you'll read it and then they'll get money off of you from your ad traffic that's what i try and do and i'm terrible at it (laughs) well so you know one thing that stood out to me was um the big question is the receivers and what's going to go on there. I mean, the big question too is running backs and what's going to go on there. But Jarek hasn't. I didn't get to watch Jarek play um, at camp, so that'll be a fun storyline moving forward. But receivers is where I put most of my focus, um, and there wasn't a whole lot standing out or separating guys. They don't have an alpha, um, and I know a lot of people want Dante Pettis to be that alpha, um, but to me, he didn't look like anything better than Kendrick Bourne 
or anything more than Richie James or Debo Samuel. And so that I think was a little bit more surprising um, because they intend for him to be the guy. He's a second round pick last year. Um, he has the potential to be that guy, kind of a um, you know savvy, smooth route runner. Hopefully, if he learns to play physical enough, then he becomes kind of like a Keenan Allen type where you can move him around and put him in different places and he can beat one-on-one coverage. But he's not playing physical enough and he's not finishing tough plays um, to the point where they're confident in him. And so I saw a little bit of that. He dropped a, a, a deep ball um, thrown to him that he could have caught. Um, it was a tough catch, but again, that that next step is i think the biggest thing that separates people is like can you just finish the play um and so dante pettis has been pretty interesting um to to uh watch in that capacity um i do like the depth at the niners position i think that they can all be good um and so that's what makes it challenging but also makes it great for a dart throw offense somebody's going to be relevant um and so you know when you're getting to the end of your dynasty draft, right? Just pick up a couple guys. Take two or three. Taylor, how did he look? Trent Taylor looked good. So people have said, um, and I would confirm, Trent Taylor looks the most consistent. Um, he gets open well. He's playing that slot role. So um, Jimmy went to him a lot when Jimmy was playing in um, 2017. Um, and so Trent Taylor has a good role as a slot receiver and, and can play opposite George Kittle in that sense um, as being a third down option. Um, in short distances. Um, so Trent Taylor looks good. Um, but other than that, you're just kind of, you know, guessing. Um, I think Marquise Goodwin is is probably the more interesting. He's legit fast. Um, and it was cool to see him. It's cool to see a guy who is that fast move around in real life. That, that was pretty fun. Um, just to watch the way he practices and things like that. Um, but, the, I mean, my main takeaway was just that... Um, the questions about Dante Pettis are, are interesting enough for me to say, uh, you know, we'll see.